Merlin. Hey, Dan, how are you? What's up? Yeah. Uh, that's not really a response, is it? <laughs> Just the little, the little sound, no. I'm, uh, I've had way too much coffee, but... Do you normally have coffee? That's part of your morning routine. Wake up, pour some hot coffee. Yeah, it's the... Sit we back, get up- look out at the beautiful skyline in San Francisco and watch the, the bees and the, the little... The ants on their way to work. Yeah, it's summertime, which, as you know, is a, a time of year that's rather cool and uh, and moist in San Francisco. So I generally <laughs> grab a big fistful of hundred dollar bills and throw it on a fire, and uh, and then I then Ev comes over and we uh, we we make some texts and text some makes. We we make a startup IPO and uh, and then it, we have money. It's still it. weird. It still strikes me as funny that all of the you know that he started Twitter with money he borrowed from you. Mm-hmm. Well, I do what I can. Yeah, I was single-handedly keeping uh, Blocker alive, like literally. I mean, I was standing there like f- spoon-feeding it. Um, when they had to reboot the servers, I mean, that yeah. was you every time. Oh, yeah, I had a beeper. Beeper. <laughs> <laughs> Broasted. <laughs> Beep me. Buckhead. Bulk, okay, I'm going to do this. <laughs> oh, my God, Dan. No, I get we get up in the morning, and uh, as I think we've discussed at length, um, as in your household, my uh, my four year old daughter is generally the one who decides when it's time to get up, and that's you know that's kind of a fixed cost in the house. Like when, when she's ready to get up, everybody's up, which is great. It's a nice way to wake up unless <laughs> <Right>. you're tired, <laughs> right. which I always am, or unless it's four in the morning. Ooh, see, are you, you are you are you back to that? Last night, well, the night before last night at five something, he came to my room and said, you know, that he. I don't know, whatever, whatever it was, it was, he was bored. He was, you know, wanted a friend. I don't know what it was. He wanted something. <laughs> he wanted a friend. friend. I don't know what it was. And then last night he went and woke my wife and the baby up three times. So I don't know what's going on now. Oh, that's a paddling. <laughs> you can't do that. I don't know. Do Apparently it's a no, no. My wife says that was her word. No, no. Uh, to I put, no, 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 to, no. To put a lock on the exterior of your kid's room to force them to stay in there. So I said, you can't do that. She said, no, no, that's considered bad. That's you can do whatever you want. You're in Texas. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, you're leaving, you're leaving locks on the table as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. So um, she said, we know, can't do that. I said, well, what are, what are we going to yeah. do? And she said, well, we can just got to help them out. I said, all, all right. Could you um could you uh put him on some kind of a perch that's too high for him to get down safely or you think he'd harm himself? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be. That wouldn't work for him. What about a leash? You ever seen that thing when people keep the kids on a leash and try have, to make it cute? I have seen that. That troubles me, Dan. I I would never judge another parent unless they weren't as good as me. But when you see somebody and they got like a fake, <laughs> oh look, uh, uh, let's put on the teddy bear backpack. Yeah. And it's not really a backpack, it's a it's, it's, a, it's a strap. Like when, 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 uh, when my parents would tell me about a leash, I always imagined it going around the neck and it yeah. turns out it's really on a backpack. So it's more like you're leashing your, it's more like a tether right. than a leash. More of a tether. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, throats are to children as, uh, necks and, uh, and bodies are to say collies. It could get a collie, uh, collar. Yeah. I should, I shouldn't have that coffee. I, you know, it's how much did you have just for you a cup or two? What, what does it take to do this? I screwed up big time. Um, well, first of all, to finish the, the, the one, the one point, yes, we get up in the morning and whoever gets up first, uh, makes, makes uh, our daughter some milk and then makes the coffee. We've got a new kind of coffee we're excited about. I still love brown owl. Uh, but, uh, we got this Capricorn coffee that we got for like $8 a pound. And so we're, we're drinking it like crazy people. 
Now, now my wife, my, when my wife pours her coffee, I call her a hard pourer because, you know, there's some people who just like get wetter when they take a shower. There's some people who are just heavier when they sit in a car. And my wife, when she pours a cup of coffee, she sounds mad. She, she's, uh, she, she pours so hard and so fast. I think, I think she defies gravity or something. But well, I have coffee. I had a little coffee this morning, came into the office, had a little bit of coffee. Then, then I had to go run an errand this morning and went into 7-Eleven. And uh, have you gotten coffee? I, this is covered a little bit on, on a different program. I, I, I do. But uh, have you ever, have you, do you, do you ever do 7-Eleven coffee? Sure. I've done, I've done coffee from anywhere. Doesn't you, ever drop a, you ever drop a stoke? Is that a euphemism <laughs> or... You tell me. Drop a so, stoke. Is this, this is like San Francisco lingo for like giving someone a $5 bill. Yeah, I've done that. Sure. Well, it's a secret, it's a secret language that Evan and I have. Um, there's, you <laughs> is know, there's it a uh, tw- twin speak? Kind of buy the canopies. That's <laughs> Nell speak. <laughs> I know. I knew exactly what that you was. Know those, you know those, uh, Liam Neeson doesn't speak Nell. Not, you know, he speaks it phonetically like Abba. Anyway, you know you go to Seven Eleven, they got those wimpy little creamers. I put in like nine of those creamers. Okay, and then Is that, and that's the, called dropping a deuce. It, no, no, no. That that's a uh, uh, dropping a wimpy cream. But then next to the wimpy creams, you know they got all the flavors and whatnot. And then they got this thing called Stoke with a long O, and it's black, black, black as black as night. I think you're black thinking as, of skulls. Oh no, I drop a Copenhagen sometimes. <laughs> that's not a euphemism. That just means pooping. And then, so you drop in Stoke, and a Stoke is pure caffeine, pure black caffeine. I don't work ping pong. You drop that in, and it's the equivalent of one espresso on top of whatever is in your cup. I dropped in two of those, oh. which is a terrible mistake in a large coffee. Whew. So I should really eat some. I got some almonds. Dan, I'm Dan. I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm trying to get off the wheat. This is this is my this is my middle ground. This is my middle path. I'm feeling a lot better. I'm taking B12s. I'm taking uh, magnesium because of my age. And I'm eating less wheat, and I feel a lot better. Isn't oh, that crazy? No, no, it's really good. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm I feel like Wolverine. Great. I can heal. I can heal in seconds. The bullet falls you right are, on my forehead. You are just like Wolverine. Snicked. Somebody <laughs> sent me a copy of the Weapon X. Oh, brother! Not going to read that one with the kid. You read the Weapon X? Yeah, I've seen that. Oh my gosh! It's man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> we, you know what? We can't talk about comics. Um, so I, I get coffee. I have a little bit of coffee. What, what was your other question? I'm, I'm goofy, Dan. Last night I was up working on this uh, screencast deal till two thirty, and uh, and then I had to get up when uh, when uh, when my daughter was ready for milk. So I watched a little Avengers. So ready for, I, I, ready I, for milk? She's ready for milk, not milf. My daughter doesn't drink milf. <laughs> That's not what I said. I said milk. What does I'm that sorry. mean? Sorry, Freudian penis. No, I um I we tried to get her on milk for a while. But... Like she wakes up and that's what she wants in the morning: milk. As to, as opposed to what like like a ride to the circus? I, I don't yeah. know. I've never. What does your kid want in the morning? I mean, apart, apart from some kind of an episode, half a dozen it... scrambled eggs, <laughs> and an explanation about the pain of bacon. Well, we only uh, have bacon on Sundays. Is that right? Yeah. Can you play that Marco with his turkey bacon? <laughs> it's so silly. It was the what? funniest thing I ever heard. I didn't. I didn't even know what to say. I was speechless. I've realized after seven years of listening to his show, I'm finally realizing that part of what makes Marco so great, uh, in some ways, like like uh, like John Roderick, is he's he's so right about so many things that when he's wrong about something, it's it's uproarious. Right, and he has such a good track record of stuff, and, and he's had so many successes that oh, yes. if you if you point out something to him that is clearly so wrong, yeah. well, no, it's no, it's not, and, and it fits perfectly into his other things, which might have sounded wrong. But then turned out to be right. And right. this is clearly not one of those things, but how do you tell him? 
Yeah. How copper, do you get, so how do you get through to a guy like that? been chilled. I have been first method. I, I, uh, <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing, and I just want to stipulate for the record that I'm Go on Marco's side as regards speaking extemporaneously. So, you know, sometimes you misspeak. Sometimes you say, I, I'm not talking about that kind of wrong. I'm talking about being existentially wrong uh, vis-a-vis turkey bacon. Right. Uh, turkey, turkey bacon is a hate crime. That's, that's, not, that's not even a food. It's, it's, it's weird. mean to the turkey. It defiles the whole idea of bacon. And when, when Francis Scott Key freed this country from the slaves, I think that's the kind of thing we have to keep in mind. We, we need to honor that vision by not... But you just turn it away. I won't have the turkey bacon. Whew, I better have an almond. How are you doing? Good week? Big week. Oh, got a huge week. Giant. Can we uh, talk about just one... Uh, I, got, uh, I, don't, I got a little bit of a quick FU. Can, can we talk about the shirts just a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about them. You know what I like to do? I don't always do it perfectly. I'll stipulate I, gratitude. I think we should express gratitude and say thank you... Thank you, thank you to everybody who has ordered a five by five or back to work T-shirt, and we are like crazy grateful that you guys did this. And, and so, according now, you know, a lot of times you say things, you make things up, but but you said this has been was this the biggest biggest seller? sale biggest sale we've ever done in the three plus years of five by five, and and by far the biggest sale I've ever done of T-shirts because I. Uh, I've sold them before on a pathetic site. I find that's either so hard to believe or so depressing. We sold (laughs) a lot. No, no, no. Let me explain. Uh, Because I'm not very likable. So it seems to me you should have sold a lot more (laughs) of that vintage 5x5 shirt that you should send me a copy of or the Grooves shirt or or what have you. But this is really astounding. I mean, we don't want to brag, but it was pretty pretty good. Yeah, we sold uh, something like, uh, I think it was right around 900 orders. But that's... uh, a lot of the orders were for both shirts, so there were, it's well over a thousand shirts easily. That is so anyway. Um, this is not a brag. This is a serious thank you. Yeah. We did we told you? We said this is a way that we you know uh, you know uh, earn something like a living, and this is the way we do things. And you guys were nice enough to respond. And I just seriously, it's a dumb shirt with my face on it. I'm, I'm going to say that now. It's a great shirt, but thank you very much for doing that. And it's your understanding. Don't you agree? Thank you. Oh man, thank thank you so much. It's it's really awesome. I mean, I you know I was thinking we'd sell a few hundred, maybe. Yeah. And uh, but this is this just shows that people the people love you, Merlin. I got six hundred for my daughter. <laughs> is that why? I, well, I bought seven of every size, <laughs> and then I bought a bunch in XXL. Now, did you did they charge extra for XXXL for Van Hoot? Is that the, right? The two XLs and three XLs cost us more and i don't remember i think i think we charge a little more seriously That's discrimination. i think we charge a little Same more thing. for shipping if, if you're over in uh if you're in, in uh what about uh, canada or england yeah or one of those other made-up countries, you, you got to pay a little extra for shipping, right? You do, yeah. And okay, were, that's that's not our fault, but uh, i'm sorry that is a bummer yeah. that that's the case. But this is a high quality shirt. It's uh made out of uh fabric and uh and it will ship to our knowledge. They ordered, yeah, they ordered the blanks uh, last week, and they should be in this week, and they start the print run, and, and I, th- I believe they start shipping them p- this week, uh, so you should have them, the goal was to get them out, you know, start, people should start getting them within the next, today is August 20th, so within the next week, I think people should start getting them. This These might, guys, might... the guys here, the amplifier guys, the, they really have a good operation, we, we, toured, the, we toured the facility uh, again, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, saw how they do everything. It's it's amazing the operation these guys have. So thanks to them for their for their help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it sounds like a neat operation. You sent me some photos from that, and it looks like a lot of very costly equipment. What I'm going to try and do, and uh, I need to make a note of this, but uh, we're, I want to try and go out there so I can take some video or photos when they're doing 
the run of the Merlin shirt so that you people can appreciate the process that goes into putting on the listen, different listen, colors. Can, and, can I make a suggestion? Yeah, go ahead, caller. Bring an old, uh, sorry, first time, uh, bring an old camera. Just to be more like a hipster? No, 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 no. Just to get the furrows. You know, last I did the screencast and I was using my cruddy uh, eyesight camera. I, Dan, I do not look good. It's the aging. It's become a thing. I think I'm drying out. I think I, I might be getting serious furrows. And I got these big <laughs> red circles under my eyes. And I, red. Well, red I mean, circles. Yeah, I should adjust my camera. But I, I, uh, I don't look good, Dan. <laughs> No. I always consider myself not a handsome man. No, I consider you handsome. <clears throat> Thank you. I, I feel like I've become a, a grotesquery, and I'm really <laughs> sorry on behalf of everyone. So I shouldn't drink all that coffee. I should have, have an ibuprofen. <clears throat> so, uh, so good week. Uh, uh, let's see. So anyway, seriously, thanks for the shirts. Um, we, uh, this could be a topic. We, I don't like to overcommit. Uh, and I, I you like to under, undercommit and overdeliver. I, Mm, I would say 200% of the time I provide 300% of not overcommitting. And, and uh, so the thing is, we hope we, uh, to our knowledge, it is possible that you will receive this by the end of eight, the end of the calendar That's, month. That so, is my hope. And I hope that, I is, hope our, to, that, is, hope, that sure. is what we're going for. Mm, mm. Two Stokes. Uh, and then the other bit of follow-up, I just wanted to say thank you also uh, to everyone who has gone to Urban Dictionary and uh, thumbed up man's assumption. Uh, <laughs> It's in the show notes. Dan, where can people find show notes for this episode? I think we should always, to the extent possible, without having a structure, nobody likes structure, we should announce show notes at, at the top of the show. At the top of the show, five so by five. Over. Okay. <clears throat> Good week? Big week. Where do people find show notes, Dan? Uh, you can go to show notes for this episode at fivebyfive.tv slash B is in boy, two is in the number, W is in women slash 81. And that is uh, all of the show notes that we have, links and everything can be found there. And uh, there's lots of lots of links in there already. Um, this is a, we got uh, three three sponsors this week, and um, for all three of them, we got some really good uh, ancillary auxiliary uh, some other word with an A material that's going to be great uh, for people who who like these products. There's notes in there. Um, I don't have too much for topics. I'm excited about man's assumption though, because if I may say, I hope this isn't presumptuous. I think I'm helping people. No, th this you. show helps a lot of people. We get an email a week that somebody has quit their job because of the right? show. Is that right? Yeah. Because of you, because of you and the job quitting stuff. I hardly talk about that. And I've yeah. never told anybody to quit their job. No, that's not accurate. But um, When have I said to, I told you to quit your job. Hmm. Do I need to get a job before I can quit it? Got to hit it and quit it. You know, what, mm, you know what I do sometimes? I break up with people. I mean, you know, obviously I'm with my wife. I'll be with her forever. I'm with her for, for some, I think, uh, like 42 years now. I'm going to, um, sometimes I break up with people for 10 minutes. Somebody pisses me off, boom, we're broken up for 10 minutes. So maybe, you ever do that with somebody? It's very gratifying. If somebody says something like, you look old, you say, you know what, we're broken up for 10 minutes. <laughs> and That's just enough time. It's like, it's like, it's like, a, uh, it's like a filial timeout. Do the, does the other person know that this happened? That, oh, you bet they do. do you they? bet they do. I take back my records. I take back my, uh, all my shirts. And then 10 minutes later, I give it back. I'm not, if I'll withdraw, I'll take that race car away. I'll give it to another kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to be presumptuous. No, not yet. Nobody likes presumptuous. No one does. I got almonds right here. I can throw them right at you. You know what? Here's the thing. If this is going to be my job, I will quit this just because you told me to. And then I, I, will, I will ask for my job. Have I really told someone to quit their job? Tell them to quit their job all the time. I've said you, tell, you should tell quit them with your, your mind bullets. When you, when you, on the show, sometimes you, um, 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. I get, I get that hung on me. I, I am the coat hanger for quit your job, which is a shame because you're the one who's always quit your job. I've guy. never said that. I've or encouraged that. It's not accurate. That's not accurate. What, in episode seven? You never heard of a synonym? You, you speak in synonyms. You may not say quit your job, but you do the equivalent. Maybe it's a homonym. So ping pong, you tell people to quit their job tacitly because you're a job quitter. You, you're, you're leading by example, whether you want to or not. In the case of turkey bacon, I think that's good for everybody. <laughs> no, you don't do that. I think we both, um, I think with both of us, it's hard. I don't know. In my case, I don't want to say I'm like exactly defensive about it, but I, I realized I was talking to you. Um, actually, I was on, um, I did a recording this morning, Dan. Uh, whose show is that? Uh, it's a show called Systematic on 5x5. It's hosted by a young man named Brett Terpstra. <laughs> I tried to do it. And it's gotten uh, on the show? so... Yes, at the very end. It's your... It's got... <laughs> he says it sounds like a rocking chair. <laughs> well, it's his name. Yeah, that's true. It sounds Dutch. I bet he's Dutch. It's pronounced Deutsch. Hmm. Hard-coded subs. That's one of my favorite Dutch movies. I don't know what that means. Telesync? What? Uh, and uh, what did you talk about on there? Uh, Your usual? Yeah, it was good. We talked oh, about. Oh, I have lots um, of text files. I uh, name them different things. Put the date on them. Shortcuts. Now, who's that? Which voice is that? Huh? Which one is that? Is that me? That was you. Oh, I, that, I sound much. <laughs> excuse me. You sound old. Shrimp I salad. I think. Um, did you see I, the picture uh, that I sent you? Of my uh, boy with the turtle? I sure did. Tortoise, that, sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's a tortoise. I'm sorry. So we go to the zoo. You're, you're, at, you're, at, you're at the zoo with, with your boy yeah. on Saturday or Sunday, yeah. and uh, I'm sitting there with my daughter, and I, I get a photo in, in, in the text. Would you please describe the photo and, and what your son said? The photo is of a 3,000-year-old tortoise, the giant <laughs> tortoise from, I don't know, Madagascar, wherever they're from. Yeah. These are the giant tortoises. They're from Madagascar 3. Okay. Yeah. And they're huge and they're a thousand, two, three thousand years old. And my boy and I are, he loves the tortoises. And we're looking at the tortoises and he says, he looks so old, just like Mr. Merlin. I believe I'm paraphrasing, but I can't, I can't even get back in my shell anymore. I have to get, I have to get some unguents. I have to put a Ben Gay onto my flippers. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Anything that's old, we say, is it is it as old as Mr. Merlin? Oh, it's not that old, Dad. Yeah, well, anytime Eleanor sees something that, that, that doesn't is telling people to quit their job, I say that's that's Dan. It's just like Dan. She says, "Why are you talking?" <laughs> God, your kid's cute. Um, yeah, he gets up too early though. He should sleep. I late. know it's awful. It's really awful. Have you considered drugging him? You believe me? Yes. So I now see now you're being honest. This is this is new Dan. I'm glad that no is this new old, Dan? Which, which Dan is it? It's it's new old new Dan. It's Dan Classic. Of course I've considered that. It's not something yes. we're supposed to do, but who hasn't? <sighs> no. If you haven't considered drugging your kids, then you you've got it you've got it made, Marco. Yeah. You're not supposed to drive your car through the mall either, but you know, <laughs> Landis. You know? Uh that's nice that you do that. Thank you, Dan. Uh the me and you I side, totally encourage him to me and you dot ws. I think that's right. Me and you dot ws. Whoa, look at that. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is a site that has really caught fire. Our, our friends do this site. We're uh, based on uh, our program. <laughs> what is this? You've been here. Not this first picture. That's yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. That's really super troubling. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that in the chunk. Oh, yeah, I'm putting it in. Oh, my God. Um, 
Oh, God. Um, oh, there's we a train. About... Look at me. I put a mic <laughs> by my window so they'll know I'm really in San Francisco. Now, the, your version of my voice has become mm. much more sedate. Yeah, you're relaxed today. Thank you. Thank you. I had uh, some almonds and ibuprofen and two stokes. <laughs> One more. Here we go. These are great. These yeah. pictures are nuts. Yeah, so you go to you and so me and you dot ws. It's a Tumblr that uh, I think it's uh, TJ and, uh, and and Bridget do this. These are good. These are better than most of the ones I ever found. Yeah, TJ is a uh, technologist and Bridget's a seamstress. She likes to sew. Why don't we have access? If I had access to this, I'd post the heck out of this. Oh, I I, I submit, they don't give me submitted. What? Oh, jeez, Louise. I'm gonna have to talk to Ev about your problem. I, I submit. I have submitted things to them for sure, for sure. I, I got to say, you notice people on the tutor were saying that you should submit that picture of your son and and the tortoise. Yeah, as a me. That's a good me and you. you yeah, know. I should. I should. <sighs> yeah. So I was saying to Brett, I was telling him that um, we were just talking about this and that. We talked about ADD. We talked about. Uh, we try to avoid tattoos and pit bulls because you know third rail, but um, we. Um, I was mentioning how, like, when I started, I, I was, I'm, like everybody, I'm kind of tired of talking about, like, the genesis of 43 folders because anybody who wants to find out about it can find out about it. How did that it's site like, get started? Well, I'll tell you how it got started, Dan. It's a real interesting story. <laughs> uh, my friend Ev and I were out uh, teching a blog, <laughs> and uh, we, we, uh, we had run out of money to throw. So we did an acquisition with a line of credit. <laughs> yeah. And we bought a streetcar and then threw it away. And then we laughed and we, uh, we set a hobo on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when, it's funny because when I started the site, I mean, I, I've talked about the, what, I, what I've called the productivity stack, right? Like a, like a lamp, like it's sort of like lamp for your productivity. Mm. And, and, you know, there's the stuff at the top that is the sort of tips and tricks stuff, the implementation stuff. You get a little further like, well, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but this notion that, you know, the further you go in the productivity stack, the closer you get to things like care, the closer you get to things like people problems. And um, I, I never thought of it this way until I was um, saying it with him. But uh, I think I've realized over time that, yeah, first of all, a lot of things that I obsessed about with implementation were not really the problem. Um, implementation can be a problem. Implementation, implementation tuning is, is probably a little bit like what, like playing golf, which I think is a ball game. And, you know, you can, you can get better at your putting, but, you know, first you're going to have to understand hold the, how to hold the club and stuff. And if you never go play golf, you're probably not going to get better at it if you just read magazines about it and so forth. So implementation and finishing and details and getting better uh, in incremental ways can be really important. But the further down that stack you go, like I say, I think that ends at the bottom with, with care. Like, what do you really care about and what will you sort of sacrifice to do it? Um, but... It's, well, I was just thinking about how uh, I didn't, I don't think I realized when I started the site that it was also, well, like what we talk about now, like m the problems that I've had, I, I realize or I, I accept so many of the problems I've had with work in general have to do with the fact that I'm really hard to work with and I don't really like working with other people. <laughs> and I wish I'd known that more because I would have gotten better at it. <laughs> I'm sitting around going like, Aah! I need a better productivity system when really I was just, I was kind of a sociopath. And, uh, and so I think sociopaths are uniquely suited to being friends with Ev and having a podcast. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think this is kind of interesting, especially in your case, because you 
I, I don't want to overstate this in, in like a too jokey way, but you've said on a number of occasions that, you know, you wouldn't bring too much stuff to work. You're yeah. always, it sounds like you're like kind of always ready to walk if the situation calls. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. The desk and, would be completely clean. Everything would be ready to go. I, everything that I had, I didn't even use the drawers. Uh, so I would like, I might have a pen and a pad on the desk. I could just pick them up, go. Wow. Really? It. Yeah. Wow. Is that Ready a company pad? You brought your own pad. Oh, my own. Mm. You don't, you don't even want to, you don't want to be beholden to them for pads. No. Is that your pad? No, it's mine. Here's the receipt. Right there. It's not right. even in a desk drawer. It's right there. Yeah. And yet, did you have like runner's blocks like right there? So you could go into a little, sprint. <laughs> right? It just starts the sprint right away. Dan, uh, Dan, we enjoy your work. Quick question. Um, why is it that you're always in running shorts and keep everything in boxes on wheels? Right. That's it. I'm out of here. Too many questions. <laughs> Case um, in point, I'm quitting. I'll see you later. <laughs> so yeah, that's a lot of jokey joke um, stuff, but it's I, I'm reluctantly accepting that, um, A, that's true, that, that I was probably really hard to work with in a lot, a lot of cases. I was very critical of my colleagues and I never... I've just never been a team player. I've never. What does that gotten... mean? Well, there's no uh, I in team. Well, there is if you spell it wrong. <laughs> what does that mean, though? You're not a team player. I could see you in those meetings, just leading those meetings. Everyone's on board with Merlin. Did you hear what uh, Merlin uh, said in, in, in the two o'clock? Yeah. We're going to do it. We're totally going to do it. The, I said some saying? good stuff in the two o'clock. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I think. Uh, I, I don't want to overstate this because I've, you know, I've played in bands. I have been thrown out of bands. I've had the bands reform after I was, after it quote unquote broke up. No, but I mean, I, I've participated in things as part of a team. I just don't like, I, I, I'm really reluctant to try and turn this into some kind of personality plus because I think it's a deficit. There are some people who I really admire for the their ability to set aside their own stuff to make something happen. And a lot of people I've known, for example, who were in the military, uh, this is a very broad generalization, but a lot of people I've known who were in the military um, are great at this. They understand how important it is to have a clear goal, even if it's like a goofy army goal or whatever, but to have a clear goal and then understand that you have a stake in this, that you got to look out for your buddies and your buddies are going to look out for you and you're going to get that hill no matter what or, or whatever. It's a kind of, it, it's, it's definitely a, it's a rigid system, but it's a rigid system that everyone understands. And if you're not going to play along, what, what do they call it? You do a blanket party? What do they call that? You do a, uh, whatever, code, code red? red. You run a code red on, uh, on that guy from, uh, but the guy that always turns his head sideways on that TV show, right? Santiago. And that's not the guy from my bodyguard, even though he's also in Full Metal Jacket. You know, it was very confusing for me. Adam Baldwin and that's the guy not the guy from my bodyguard. You ready to have your mind blown? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, who's a really good actor that's a little melodramatic sometimes, plays um, Pile. Yeah. Animal Mother. Animal Mother is the guy from my bodyguard. Yeah. No, I know that. That yeah. is, the, but that's the same guy. Well, even before I, I, I had it, I had it, I had it wrong in like two ways. It was very confusing. I like the, I like the first part of that first half of that movie better than the second half. How do you feel? Do you I like the whole it. thing. I like the whole thing, and I it it there are it is very much two movies in one. Can you believe that there was ever a point when Arlie Ermey was not the first pick for that role? No, that's <laughs> you, you know the story, right? You know the story. Yeah, I, well, I've heard it, but maybe you can tell it. 
It's a quick story. It's a quick story. What are, what are we talking about? Just so I know what to come back to. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm a psychopath. Animal oh, mother. Me. Sorry, sociopath. Um, the story goes that Arlie Ermy was hired by Kubrick to come in and say and be the guy. He's he Arlie Ermy now a famous guy on a weird cable show, um, who always plays the drill sergeant. Right and stuff. You know Arlie Ermy. We're talking about Full Metal Jacket. He brings Arlie Ermy in. He's a former. <laughs> Whoa! I almost got it there. There are no former Marines. Yeah, you're, a Marine, you're always a Marine. I got. He's I got Marine. scolded about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's important to learn these things. Yeah, the words mean things. So uh, he hired him to come in <laughs> and make sure that you know Kubrick was such a stickler for for detail and and accuracy. You know, any so many things in Kubrick movies. If, if it was not accurate, it was for his own reasons. Yeah, especially the halls and windows and doors and mirrors. But um, <laughs> he brought Arlie Army in to make sure that it really, really was like, I guess, Paris Island. And uh, so they'd hired an actor, like actual talent, right? A real actor to come in and play the drill sergeant. And supposedly, Arlie Army goes up to Kubrick and says, uh, "Listen, um, this guy's not getting it." He's, you know, we're working with him. He may be a good actor, but he's not really, he's not getting this. That he's not, he, no one would believe that this guy is really a drill sergeant at Paris Island. Yeah. And Kubrick's like, well, thank you. Thank you for your notes. Please go back to your little foldy chair. I'll let you know when I need you. And he said, no, no, you, you should have me do this. And Kubrick said, well, you know, I'm Stanley Kubrick. And Arlie Ermey reportedly went off on him in that character of Sergeant What's his name? From the, the movie? Character. Yeah. You'll find it. Yeah, but anyway, I got to look it up because you made just, yeah, I forgot it. On the set of the movie, he went full on Arlie Ermey on Kubrick and Kubrick nearly wet his pants. And he said, okay, well, that was good. That was Gunnery really good. Sergeant Hartman. Oh, that's right. And I'm going to call you uh, internet looker upper. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, we've told this story before, but it's such a great story. Uh, he, uh, Kubrick said, okay, R. Here's the thing. You, I'm going to run the video. I'm going to run uh, some film here. I want you to, to do that character, that guy, be that gunnery sergeant for 15 minutes. You got to do that bit, you know, and the bit he does. I, I go private pile. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, and all that stuff. You got to do that for 15 minutes without stopping and without repeating yourself while people throw tennis balls at you. And he did it. Somewhere, I have to imagine this exists. Yeah, and it's wouldn't it be great videos. to see? It's like the day the clown cried. I, like, I want to see this so much. I just, I want to see him doing that and being unfazed by tennis balls being thrown at him. Wouldn't that be awesome? It'd be amazing to see that. He really does make that whole movie. He's amazing. Um, before we go too far, can I tell you about something I like? I would like to hear this. Um, you, you know about this uh, text expander uh, from Smile? I do know about this. Um, text expander, um, for those of you who've never heard of it, shame on you. It's a, uh, utility for, uh, as far as I know, it is for OS 10 and iOS. And, uh, does it have, go with other platforms? Are no, there other platforms? Platform. Roasted. <laughs> and so, uh, you get this, uh, slow roasted, uh, text expander and it allows you to make little shortcuts. And so you type a little shortcut, you type a few letters and it goes boop. And it expands to a much larger piece of text or an image or it'll run a shell script or anything you want. Um, you know, these are the kind of things that nerds have been doing for years with, you know, like, like your bash profile or whatever. You can make macros and things like that. This is a very user-friendly way to never have to type the same thing twice. If I type EMG, it goes bloop. 
and it puts in my email address. If I type in my phone, no spaces, boop, it drops in my so forth. Um, I ah, great piece of automation I came up with last week. Um, when, when you're prepping a podcast to go up, there's all kinds of nonsense. There might be an easier way to do this, but there's all kinds of nonsense where you got to go in, make sure the title's right. You want the uh, iTunes description to be right. You got to put the art in. And so um, I made a text expander shortcut that is R-O-T-L-I, which is obviously it's a word I would never type normally. When I go to the artwork tab in iTunes and click in the little uh, field where the art would go, I type R-O-T-L-I and it pastes in the show image for Roderick on the line. Oh. Sounds crazy because you would never think that, that typing letters would make an image appear somewhere. But it's, it's really great. It's great for email responses. Well, first of all, you should get this. You should go to smallsoftware.com slash B2W. Um, uh, something that Gene McDonald, our pal uh, Gene Gray McDonald, shared with us, uh, I think is awesome, is um, if you go to show notes uh, for this episode, you'll see some great stuff that the community uh, has been building. And, you know, let's be honest, anytime you can tell, to some extent, you can tell how lively a piece of technology or really any community is, I, I believe, based on how many people are making things for it. We talked about this last week with Sublime Text and the very likely move of people starting to make things there. Yeah. Um, uh, a few quick ones here. Uh, this is a neat one. Um, the wonderful Dr. Drang. Did you still have trouble following him because of his icon? Yeah, the avatar is a little intimidating. You should write a text expander thing for that. Or uh, you should do an awk. Can you make an awk? Do we just switch that out or a swap? They call that an array or a switch? Said. I'll write that up for you. Okay. I did. I said it. It's never funny. Why do I say it? I don't Ugh, know. It's so annoying. Yeah, it's, it's, it jumps out at you, the avatar. And it's a little... I'd like to see who, what the person looks like. Yeah. The real person. He's very, he's very, he's very private. He's very secretive. So um, uh, this is a neat one. Let me find this. Uh, oh man, there's so many of these. He's got a neat thing for oh, Crimey Pete. Now I'm not going to find it. It's for uh, pulling a, a link out of a uh, Safari tab. Uh, we'll find that and put it in notes. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. The, the Safari Six URL Crisis. He uh, he wrote a little uh, Apple script that you can drop in to a text expander snippet, and it will pull in the URL. Um, from, and you can just drop it into wherever you are. So you found a page that you want. You were typing somewhere. You go, and then that drops the URL in for you. Lots of little things like this. Again, the classic idea, the actual canonical idea of life hacks. Find a little thing that you want to fix and then make a little fix for it. If, you're type, if you find that you're typing something over and over, if you find that you're trying to do something over and over, there's probably a better way. Um, what are a couple of these other ones? Uh, what is this? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is pretty cool. So, you know, a lot of people don't like to run the Chrome, or excuse me, don't like to run Flash yeah. in Safari. Uh, an Apple script that when you're on a page, uh, you type and it takes you to Chrome, which is running Flash, a little Apple script for that. that oh, you can drop right, right. Yep. Uh, here's a little uh, text expander shell script snippet to set Safari 6 default fonts. So you don't have to go into the terminal and do all that stuff. Pretty neato. And there's another neat one in here for WordPress. Um, I, I don't need to recite all of these to you. I would just say go and check these out because it's really cool. Um, I have lots of these that I use for, for tons of things. Anytime that I can automate something, I do this a lot in Chrome, to be honest. Uh, I've mentioned that I use this Chrome plugin called Template, which makes it really easy uh, to uh, grab a page with all kinds of information off the page. I live by stuff like this. Super fast WordPress blog posts. Uh, you can go in and it makes a little fill-in form. These fill-in forms are so powerful. Uh, and you can basically create a whole blog post in this one window. And it's, it's just pretty amazing. So anyway, uh, for those of you who are using Text Expander, please check out these links. 
um, you will uh, enhance your experience of it and it'll hopefully give you reason to tell other folks about it. This is one of those things. Funny thing, Dan, I, I was worried, like I worry, that we were talking way too much about the t-shirts. I was worried that I was, as, as people say, I think incorrectly, pimping the t-shirts. Well, if I, was, if I was telling a lady to go make money for me, that would be pimping. If I'm asking people to buy things that I make, I don't think that's pimping. That's, that's because I, I'm, I'm reductive. Uh, but, but, uh, but I was worried that we had talked too much about the shirts and I saw at least three toots from people saying, how did I not hear about this shirt? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every day somebody's born who's never seen the Flintstones. That's Don't true. assume that everyone has seen the Flintstones. I'm not going to assume that everybody knows about Text Expander. There are people who are going to hear that name over and over and they still haven't gone in and tried it and shame on them. So uh, you go to uh, smilesoftware.com slash B2W and uh, you can get this wonderful application. Uh, you can sync it up via Dropbox so that all of your snippets uh, go with you on iOS. Um, there are so many applications that support Text Expander. If, if it's something where I type a lot on iOS and it doesn't support Text Expander, it's probably not something I'm going to end up using a lot. That's test number one for me. I open it up. Does it, there's three tests for me. Does it do Markdown? Does it do Dropbox? Does it do Text Expander? And if it doesn't do all three of those, I mean, no offense, but that's not something I'm going to use a lot because that's so part of my workflow. Are you using the, uh, the form, the, the, um, the fill-in fields? Yeah, we use, we use that for a lot of our, you know, we'll get people who will ask questions and we have different responses that we might want to send back that where they're not necessarily writing in for a, a personal thing. They're just asking for information or they're asking for something that's saying, I would like information about this or can you mm-hmm. respond about that? It's a great thing. And I, I, you know, I often think that people who are running sites who get asked a lot of questions and it's so easy to make one of these things, these little forms that I could see somebody who's got a really popular post or a popular article who is free getting frequent questions. You could just, you can whip one of these things together in like 30 seconds and it becomes really trivial to answer five, 10, 20 emails in a very straightforward way that, that really is personalized. Yeah, and if you're having trouble envisioning how this works, uh, think about how you fill in a form on a web page. Yeah. You got stuff like first name, last name, email, subject, and so forth. Um, pretty easy to fill out, pretty fast. Now, instead of that being on a web page, imagine that you type, type a few letters and something pops up and you get something similar to a web form, except you fill in all those fields and when you hit a button, it is expanded to be like a whole, like a form letter. Think about Microsoft Mail Merge. It's kind of like almost along those lines. You've got little tokens that you fill in. So it, it, it isn't a question of whether or not you get to be Dickens anymore with everything you write. It means you get more Dickens time because now you're not worrying about, uh, will I respond to this? Can I find this? You know, if you do, this is, again, this is the heart of life hacks. If you find yourself doing anything over and over, you've got to find a way to automate it. It's, it's one thing that drives nerds crazy, I think, is when there's not a way to automate something. And um, anyway, enough said. Uh, this is, and listen, guys, I know a lot of you have this. Uh, folks who are listening to this show, there may, be, there may be text expander saturation. But you need to tell your friends about this because it really does make a difference. It's like when you watch your relatives, I'm clicking, I go to the menu, <laughs> I'm typing. Huh. You, you, you get away from the whole idea of, you, of things like typos, Repetition. Uh, it's, it's really, really a great app. And uh, I, I, I couldn't live without it. So you go to smallsoftware.com slash B2W. Uh, check out Text Expander. Um, I think it'll make you very happy. And, and, and go to the show notes for the show to find some uh, great new tips. People are coming up with new stuff all the time. Go search, if, if you want, go search GitHub for Text Expander and you'll find snippets. You can just import that library right in. You could uh, import it as a URL. It stays updated. Whenever somebody updates it, it's the best. So uh, our thanks to Smile Software for uh, supporting 5x5 and back to work. 
Over. Train right on cue. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, yeah. or the L or whatever you call it. I'm in Chicago, wherever you are. It's called the High Line. You know what I was reading about? You know you, you know how your 5x5 five five is the name of your thing? You know that? I Yes. I spent, I spent a couple of nights reading about voice procedure. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in voice. Do you know about voice procedure? Uh, a little bit. You must, because that's where 5x5 five five comes from. It was, you know things yeah. like saying 10-4 and once mm-hmm. you're 20 and things like that? I learned. Yeah. I learned I'm learning all about... Affirmative. Yes. And for example, did you know you never use the word repeat? You could say, say again. Did you know that? When you're on a radio with somebody, you never say repeat? Uh, I've heard that they do use repeat in like uh, in, the, in the military, but that means like keep shooting or shoot, shoot again. Keep or shooting. Something it means like if that. you're the forward, uh, what do you call it, the forward guy, the guy who goes up front and like says, says shoot, the, shoot the guns here. Right. Yeah. Repeat means shoot the gun again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's important to have. You wouldn't want to get confused if you didn't. Win. <laughs> Whiskey I mean, Tango Foxtrot, am I right? Yeah, over. Yeah, and uh, why? Yeah. Why would you be reading about this? I think it's a very efficient way to speak. Over. Securite. <laughs> Should we? It's, you got Securite. You got Pam Pan, and you got Mayday. You do say Roger a lot when Securite in the uh, in the, the whenever we do some kind of IM or something. Say Roger, Roger. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, because it'd be one battle droids. Uh, we were talking about uh, my sociopathy. So you you were always ready. You should speak for yourself. But my, yeah. my sense is that, um, well, I'm going to give you a reading. I'm going to do a cold reading of Dan Benjamin, uh, which is that it, it strikes me that as you've gotten older and more experienced, you it's... Uh, she should let you say this, but I'm just going to guess because you're my friend. I think I think you get frustrated when you lose control over things in your work, um, and it seems to me that like especially when you lose control of the very direction of what your work is, that makes you a little bit crazy. It makes you a little bit frustrated, and and when you you know and again such a great the, a, t- a word that I picked up from Gruber that I think about all the time now taste. You know, when you stop trusting the taste of the people you work for, it sounds kind of weird. I mean, it's not, it's not just about like, you know, Tiffany necklaces and stuff. It's really about like, do you trust the taste and judgment of people? Do you trust the design decisions of who you're working with? You know what I mean? If you're in a place where suddenly the policies get crazy, uh, in my case, my old dot-com job, like the business model changes every three or four days, it gives you, it gives you the fear a little bit. Am I, am I anywhere close? Yeah, well, I think that's very accurate describing... Most of the jobs I had, especially the early ones, constantly. And I, I mean uh, it. I, yeah. I do mean it as a compliment. Yeah. And if that's true, then the upshot, because that's how I felt too. I guess what I'm all I'm trying to add to that as an addendum is that I'm starting to realize and accept like my own culpability in in some of those problematic situations. Right? Everybody's got their reasons, like we like to say. Um, but I think some people eventually realize that there's certain kinds of work that they're well or poorly suited for. Uh, some people never realize that, unfortunately. And then I think the part that gets left out is, is not simply like, do other people in the company email like I email? Do they vacation like I vacation? Do they meet like I meet? It, it, there's more to it than that. It, it's also, it, it could be a really significant cultural divide in how you think about the whole world of work. I mean, setting aside that you may be an emotional child like I've been for so much of my adult life, that, you know, I wonder if a lot of us at a certain point kind of feel like there's no option but to try a certain kind of work on our own, right? 
I, I want to hear your response to that. But I mean, I, I, I just, I just think like, I think there's a reductiveness in people saying either of us telling you to quit your job. It's, it's not that so much. It's, it's that I don't want you to quit your job. I want you to quit your obsession with the idea that you have to have a certain kind of job forever, which is like three different things. Any one of those could make a huge difference. If you want to have full-time employment with somebody, like why wouldn't you treat yourself to having some kind of full-time employment that wouldn't make you unhappy? That's, that's to me, that's super different from like, I'm going to go, you know, do a startup. Do you know what I mean? It I, sounds I, I like you're that. making a distinction. It, it almost sounds like you're saying that if the goal should be, you should enjoy what you spend a lot of your time doing. It's not so much go quit your job as, 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 find something that you really like doing. And if that's within the construct of having a job and working, then maybe that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be too, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, but, or maybe you don't think you can help it to look in the mirror, man. <laughs> Always on the move. Oh my God. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> my, you know, my cognition has slowed a lot because of these almonds, but you just, I think you just made fun of me. Never. Come on. No. All right. Here's the thing. Um, um, I think be- because of where my granddad sh- used to do that. that hit, hit a bell? No, while he's thinking, you know, do the little. <laughs> music for those of you, for those of you who regard yourself as young people, let me just—I <laughs> I know how much you enjoy hearing wisdom from old people, yes. but let me just say, be prepared for a life of unintentional sounds. Now, I know you're thinking to yourself, that's merely going to be flatulence. Don't worry. You're going to have a lot of flatulence. You're going to have, you're going to have reflux and belching. You have absolutely, you're going to, you're going to start ruining some planes, right? You, you might have leakage or fissures. These are all going to be things that make subtle noises. You're going to have to be so racked with anxiety. You're occasionally going to go, hmm, right? That, that's going to happen. You're going to make a noise when you sit down and a noise when you stand up and then a noise when you're standing. A noise when you're thinking about sitting. And then you're going to make a lot of noises about how just frustrated you are with everybody. Yeah! <laughs> you think I like that? You think that's who I want to be? You think when I was sitting around going spoodly doodly doodly on my guitar, you think that's who I wanted to be? That's not who I wanted to be. Right. Hmm. <laughs> so this, uh-huh. is, this is, you're saying this is what I have to look forward to. You think this is what people tune in for? It's this. This is the show, man. Um, I, I, I may be doing what they call retcon. I, 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 uh, I am, I'm mostly prepared for people to tell me that this is retcon, but, um, <laughs> but like, like we, uh, boy, I'm having a lot of troubles with retcon right now. Right. I, I'm, I'm deeply confused about a lot of things, Dan. Let's, let's come back to, can we come back to Scarlet Witch in the After Dark? Oh yeah, sure. I have a lot of questions. Um, I, I, I mean, this may be retcon, but, but, uh, what I, what I, as I sit here today, what, what I believe is what I've always believed, which is that there's a benefit to trying to look at how you really feel and what's really happening and be somewhat, somewhat honest about that. Uh, I'm okay with saying as honest as you're prepared to be, but at least kind of, if you're, if you are unhappy about something, like, why don't you try to like spend a little time figuring out what you're unhappy about? It doesn't mean obsess over it. But it does mean think about it enough that you don't have to think about it all the time. And so at the risk of being a little over subtle, I think there are aspects to our careers that go way beyond, uh, do I want to have a startup or will I be a company man until I die at my desk? I think there's a, I think there's a lot of room in between. At the far end of the continuum, at the, de- at the death desk continuum, you, there are certainly things where you could think about lateral moves, going sideways, trying different things. Um, but but at at the heart of it, this is going to sound kind of negative. But like, 
it, it is difficult. If, you, if your metric in life is, am I doing what I love? As we've said before, that's, that's a tough metric. Because to make things you love, you frequently have to do things you don't like. To produce things you love, you're going to have to work with people you may not like. And to survive a, a career, a long-lived career that gets you someplace you want to be, you're just going to have to put up with a whole bunch of super annoying stuff that is not what you love to do. Yeah. And frankly, I think that is crazy frustrating to people. And that's where part of the that's fine for Merlin or whomever comes from. Is, is, it, but it's not, it's not really that simple. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're completely frustrated every time you run up against this isn't going to be easy to do, well, get ready for a lot of frustration because there's not that much stuff that's easy to do. Um, but, you know, even just think about how many people, let's, let's go to the like kind of normal American and somebody who wants to have the, the classic kind of good job. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, how, how long of a bad economy... Uh, how long does it have to be a bad economy uh, before you understand that it's kind of always a bad economy? Like every day somebody gets hired for a job somewhere uh, in a bad economy. In a great economy, uh, there's people getting fired all the time. There's, there's not any real security to any of that. But I guess, I guess I just, in my own thinking, I want to, first of all, accept my own culpability. And I want you to accept you, you as the listener to think about your own culpability in whatever situation that you're in. But then to also think about whether there is any subtlety that you'd like to bring to your approach to what you want different. You know, I've said this before, but I, I, I think the reason people tend to uh, stay or leave a job, a position, has a lot to do with culture. They end up making it about money. They end up saying it's about money when really it's about whether there's a cultural fit and I'll speak for myself, there's situations that have been non-optimal for me that I've stayed in because it was comfortable or because I liked the people I work with or before the, because the culture comported with the way that I wanted to roll. So anyway, um, what do you think of that? I mean, th th don't you think there's more subtle to it, to it than just like either you're a drone forever or you just quit? Is this a too well-trodden topic? No, I mean, it's not. It's perfect for, for this show. Because, I mean, on a, on a practical level... I don't know. I mean, the, obviously the upshot of this is that you and I just probably shouldn't have jobs, but there, there's definitely a, a part of me that wishes, I, I don't wish I'd been in the military um, necessarily, but I have a real admiration. I'm thinking in particular about this guy I used to work with named Paul, uh, who had gone to the Citad Citadel or he'd gone to one of those. I'm sorry, Paul, if you're listening, you're probably not, but he, and he was, uh, you know, he'd come out as like a, you know, a second Louis and he, you know, had served his term. They paid for his college. He came out, but like, he was always the guy who was pitching in, right? You, you know, you go to a party. I have this belief that a party is, a party is like what you bring to it. You go to a party and if you just show up and want to be amused, like you're the problem. Like, why don't you show up and cut up some crudite or why don't you bring some ice or why don't you take out... Here's the thing. If you see trash in a thing, you pick it up and you take it out. You can find the trash cans. They're outside. Just go look for them. Don't ask. Don't ask if you want the trash taken out. Take the trash out. That, that's the kind of guy Paul was. And I, that might have just been part of how he was as a person, but I always really admired that he never sat there waiting to find out what he should do. He was always trying to do something f that made it better for everybody. And... um. I, I, you know, I, I never, I didn't play sports very much when I was a kid. I didn't, you know, there's this part of me that as much as I don't like sports culture and I don't necessarily like military culture, I do have an admiration for people who've learned how to set aside their differences and get along with people to make something good. And I, I feel like in some ways, if I had learned that earlier, uh, 
I don't know. I might be sitting here with you today either way, but I think I would have had a much easier road if, if I had accepted that that was hard for me. Because you would have been able to, what, you would have tried to adjust? Or you're saying, there's something, okay, can we get a little Buddhisty? I know you don't. Mm-hmm. No, go get, get a like Buddhisty if you want. Got them right Buddhism here. Buddhism at all. Yeah. <laughs> One of the, the most important things, and I, I this is something I think about a lot. In Buddhism, of course, you know, they they discuss and, and talk about the importance of uh, not lying and being honest, but that starts with being, and this is going to sound really like a self-help you know, meeting or something, but mm-hmm. be, being honest, but being honest with your perceptions about things, but most of all, being honest with yourself. And I know this is certainly not true for you, Merlin, but for a lot of us, we tell ourselves things that are not necessarily true. We tell ourselves, oh, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not really like that. Ah, that. That didn't happen that way or whatever, whatever things we say to make ourselves maybe feel a little bit better. But being honest with yourself and saying, like you're saying here, I'm really not so good at this thing. It's, it can be very hard to tell yourself that or to look at it. But if you do, it, it becomes a very freeing experience to do that. And mm-hmm. you're talking about who knows where, where either of us would be if we had been more honest with ourselves about things. Like if we had actually said, yeah, I'm, you know, looking, looking at the first five years of uh, my career, I'm the kind of guy who has a job for a little while and then quits. Like, I wouldn't have liked to have heard that. And if you had told me that, I would have, no, no, no. That Here's why that's not true. And in this right. situation, I had to you leave you might because have, you of might have this. Pointed to, you might have pointed to lots of external. Circumstantial things. Oh, well, here, we, we, I wanted this other thing. And, oh, well, that guy was a jerk. I couldn't work with him. I had to leave. Whatever. But, you know, you make excuses as opposed to just being honest with because maybe you don't want to see that or it's it's not fun to admit it. But if you, you, so I totally think what you're saying is, is accurate. And who know who knows the earlier you, the sooner you can start doing that kind of thing, the sooner you'll get a perspective on something. And may, maybe the answer is, well, it's not so bad that, that, that that's what you did or, uh, or that, that this is a pattern that you've seen because you've got to identify, identifying patterns, Merlin, that's what it's all about. It is. I, I, I agree with all of that. And I have like 11 things I want to say. Okay. Um, Go ahead, Colin. First of all, um, at the risk of getting extremely subtle, uh, I think I think most of us want to be honest. Um, we we certainly don't. If we're not being honest, we don't. Most of us don't feel comfortable about it. It's it's a burden to carry around. Um, I think one of the things that's hard in life, and especially when you're young, but really in life, I find it hard every day, is what to be honest about. So. You know, and that, if that sounds subtle, I, I'll try to explain. Um, when when you're there's that again that uh, quote from the late Stephen Covey about um, you know about knowing whether your ladder is against the right wall. You know what I mean? The the, <laughs> the old joke about the the guy who keeps <laughs> he's looking under the the drunk who keeps looking around under the street lamp because he lost his keys, and uh, somebody walks by and says, "Well, where's the last time you had him?" He says, "Oh, I dropped him in the river uh, back there." And I say, "Well, why are you looking here?" He says, "Well, the light's so much better." You know, and that, I think that's that's what happens a lot. I mean, he's he's being extremely efficient at something that will never work out. And so, when I think when you're young, yes, you you want to be honest. But if if to to beat these analogies to death, if your ladder is not against the right wall, well, you're, you're never going to find the window that you want. And so, you may be really honest. You may be, you know, to to get Buddhisty in return. I have a lot of hangups about thinking. 
Um, first of all, I mean, I mean, I can think myself into or out of almost anything, but mostly I'll just think. And thinking can really be the enemy of action and thinking can be the enemy of reality. Because like you said, you can come up with, with a million different little Star Wars band-aids for like trying to make things hurt less today. But you know, you're, you're being as honest as you, as you can be, right? I mean, the people who see honesty as a zero and a one are, are probably kind of dishonest. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really complicated. The world is, is a complicated place. And yes, this is more of my liberal arts uh, relativism for sure. But, um, but I think at least when I was young, I didn't even know what, what the right problem to solve was. I, I was very attached, as you might say, to, uh, under, to solving the problems that I thought I understood which often is not, did mean fighting the last war. It, it did mean that like, oh, this is a thing that hurt me before. And so this is the thing I'm going to react to now. Well, if you look back at your career, not you, but everybody, if you look back at your career and think about how many things you might have done based on things that quote unquote happened to you, would you ever go back and, and change that? I mean, how many opportunities did you miss because you were thinking about there's some little, uh, some little scar, some little keloid you yeah, had from, yeah. from five years ago. And who knows how much that affects your cognition. You're being honest. Well, what you're being honest about is the fact that your feelings got hurt. But you're, you're, in the end, you'll be honest about something different when you learn more about the world. And, and I'll accept it if that sounds subtle or, or you know, hypocritical. I think that's how it works. I mean, your, your sense of, of what is real and doable does change a lot as, as you get older. And, you know, Here's the other thing. I was gonna. I was gonna. Um, this quote in that in that wonderful book, "Writing Down the Bones" by Natalie Goldberg. She has these. Uh, she mentions these things that have become a really big uh, part of her life, including uh, Jack Kerouac wrote these. I'm not sure when he first. I'm sorry. I'm typing. This is um, Jack Kerouac writing about. Is that a prop keyboard or is that? Yeah, it's totally made up. Totally made up. Um, accept loss forever. This is one of his like rules for life. Hmm. Uh, accept loss forever. I, I wish I could find the other ones for you. We'll find it for show notes. But um, that that to me is if that 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 yeah that's super Buddhisty, absolutely. Um, but you know, it's 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 one thing to learn from your mistakes. And it's another thing f- to learn from the wrong mistakes or to take the lo- wrong lesson away from learning from your mistakes. Right. Um, if you got spurned by a lady in high school, the lesson you take away from that may be, I should never have contact with humans again, rather than, wow, I sure was creepy and did not even bother to think about what that person wanted. You're being honest, but that's the wrong lesson to take away from that. And it may take you five, 10 or 50 years to figure that out. But once you do, and you figure it out to the best of your ability today, then you have to accept loss forever. Right. Uh, I was cleaning out, uh, I had to do something down in the garage. Oh, this pains me so much. I was you cleaning have a garage out. in your thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there had been a drip out of like the bathtub or some pipe that I didn't know about that was directly over a box of the oldest photos that I've got. Oh, and no. so now, and for, for almost a year, this water has been dripping on this thing. <sighs> and so now I have like one block of photo. It's, it's gone. It's gone. All of these framed photos. Oh, all, basically, man. my 30s are one block of photo right now. And um, I'm still trying to figure out if this, is the, uh, if, I'm, if this is a Star Wars Band-Aid or a shot of reality. But I, I looked at it. I haven't thrown it away yet because I haven't gone down and just... But the truth is, like, even if I go down and, and like, figure out what the damage is, what, what am, what is, what am I going to do with that? You know, I think the healthiest thing that I could do is go down, enjoy those photos that I can see one more time, and then throw them away. 
because you have to accept loss forever. Mm. Once it's gone, it's gone. That doesn't mean that there may not be things you feel bad about. It doesn't mean, you know, as long as we find a way to remember Spock, you know, he's still alive in some sense. Uh, the people in those photos aren't gone. Those relationships aren't gone, you know, but my attachment to those things is not going to serve me well. Sitting around all day and being mad at myself for not moving it away from under that leak will not bring that stuff back. This, by the way, this is not a huge deal. This is, I mean, obviously, if I haven't looked at him for a That's year. That's a bummer though, man. Well, yeah, it is. But what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so just, I, what I'm trying to say is that there's a, there's a terrible backwards thing that happens in trying to get our hands around what we're talking about here, which is that the easiest path because we spend so much time trying not to feel bad about stuff, it, it's natural to have this palliative approach of saying, well, how do I make myself feel better about this? Rather than just trying to see it for what it is. And, and you know, I, I gotta be honest, I think you can even obsess too much about like, what are the lessons of this? Well, the lessons of some stuff are in life that stuff just happens. Like, why did this horrible shooting happen? Everybody agrees this is a horrible thing. Like whenever, whenever there's a mass shooting somewhere, I, and I, I don't want to start a whole thing here, but I mean like, Sometimes people, things just happen because the world's awful. And, <laughs> and sometimes the lesson of things is that there's a lot of really random, awful things that happen in the world. Now, your lesson from that might be, well, hug your kids and enjoy your day. Your other, one, your other thing might be, I should buy a gun to be more secure. Uh, the other thing could be like you turn off watching the news. There are a number of approaches to that based on where you are. But you're, you can't change stuff that happened in the past or you'll always be fighting the last war. If you want to make something positive and constructive for the future, then you have to keep looking toward the future. You know, uh, how many things do we do, whether that's in legislation or in relationships, that we do based on what made us hurt yesterday? And I, I think that becomes a habit. That's a muscle that we strengthen um, if, if we aren't circumspect about looking back. And in my case, like I say, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to like, you know, beat myself in a hair shirt or something. But in talking to Brett about that, I was thinking like, wow, you know, all those things... I knew I, I thought my problem was email. And then I realized that my problem was people in email. And then I realized that my problem was that I was the problem with email because I'm the one who made that into a problem. Can I live with this? Can I change it? What should I do about it? Should I get rid of my email? Should I stop having it? I mean, you know, that, that's all silly stuff in talking about personal productivity, but I, I don't think that's so far afield from your life. That desk you sit at, that's like where you spend your day. That's where you are when you're not with your kids. That's where you are when you're not like, you know, jerking it to HBO or whatever. Like that's where you spend your time. Is, isn't it worth at least thinking about like what you could do to change that environment based on where you want to be rather than what you feel bad about when you sit there? Which is probably super subtle. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I should eat more. Should I have an almond? I should have an almond. I don't know what the almonds are really doing. Try the macadamia nuts. Do you know almonds are a superfood? I sure I knew that. A superfood. A superfood. Roasted. I got roasted almonds. Actually, they are. They're roasted. Look at that. I think roast roasting is when you combine roasting and broiling. They call it broasting. Yeah. Keeps the moisture in the bird when you roast. <laughs> it is Can I tell you about something I like? Yeah. Hang on one second. <laughs> um, so much for the superfood, I guess. I, I had <laughs> I had two thirds of a super almond. All right. You know, I got to tell you, buddy, I, I am not at all comfortable with Walgreens creating this new brand called Nice. Have you seen this? <laughs> is that, is that this the spot? My, the roasted almonds were made by Nice. And it's got, <laughs> it looks like it's in a kind of Clarendon, N-I-C-E exclamation mark. And there's a trademark. I'm eating nice almonds. Hmm. I can tell you about this thing I like called Squarespace. Yeah. 
Okay, Squarespace 6 is out. Out. Um, it is so fun, and brother, have I ever been spending time in Squarespace. I am rebuilding my own uh, personal uh, website, uh, which, which right now lives at MerlinMan.com. My new site will eventually live back there, but I have a, uh, a place where I'm developing this uh, live in front of you guys with lots of lore and text, and it's at MerlinM.com. So if any of you are uh, on your home computer, you can go to MerlinM.com. And at long last, and I apologize to little Ryan, this is taking so long, I'm starting to put up some screencasts of the cool stuff that you can do with Squarespace 6. And uh, as of last night at 2.25, I've got, uh, I've got two, uh, two podcasts up, or two uh, screencasts that I, that, I, that I hope will be useful. Um, the next one is going to be the really sexy one. The first one is an intro to talk about things like that escape key trick, Dan. Can we, can we just mention this again? Yeah, that's a cool trick. It's a real cool trick. people have never seen the Flintstones. Well, try this. Go to MerlinM.com and hit escape. And I bet you'll be prompted to log in. I hope it's not my configuration panel. But No, I, I hit escape and it, it twisted around. And what I see, because I am a Squarespace user, is it says no permissions. You do not yeah, but have it, and permissions. You go to your site. But then, and, then it, I'm, I'm right in. Yeah, so why would you want that? Well... This is so huge, and I'll mention this in every one of these because it still blows my mind. It means that if you're working in your configuration area, which is where you put together your collections and your blocks, you build your pages, your blogs, and whatnot, um, at any point, any page that you're on, like say in this case I'm editing the homepage or I'm looking at a blog, I'm looking at a page, I hit the escape key, and it takes me to the live view of that site. No more reloading a second window. Um, It's pretty giant. So anyway... Um, I just want to mention uh, that uh, Squarespace 6 has, has tons of new stuff. It is a whole new... It's so, it's so like and so unlike Squarespace 5. There's so much new stuff in here. I think it is healthiest to think of this as a new thing. Personally, I'm still unlearning a lot of habits from 17 years of doing this stuff to, to think the way that this thinks, but I'm really liking the way this thinks. I'm really getting into dragging these blocks around and making things without having to think about how wide the column's going to be. Um, beautiful templates, very easy to use, and I really encourage you, please do check out the screencast. You can go to MerlinM.com, specifically MerlinM.com slash S6, and you can see I'm just, we're just getting started with this, but there are two screencasts up right now where you can see... Um, um, how to get started with this stuff. Really what I'm excited about. There are tons of tutorials and documentation and whatnot that you can see by going to squarespace.com slash back to work. But that is also where you can go in and sign up for your account. There's a no credit card required account that you can get. You get a 14-day free trial. And please, 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 please look at these screencasts, but also get that account so that you can play along with me. I should have a couple more of these up, I hope, tomorrow. I'm trying not to overcommit. But uh, the really cool one, I'm doing two of these on blocks that are going to be great. How to, uh, all the different things you can do with blocks, but then, I don't want to spoil a surprise, but what you can do with moving those blocks around on a page. Wouldn't you say it's pretty amazing? It, it really is because that's not the way websites normally work. Yeah, I mean... That word widget sounds so silly, but all this stuff, and, and obviously I don't love the word content, but there's not a better word for it here because content, it's your photos, it's your toots, it's text fields, it's galleries, it's uh, Amazon items. Have you seen you can put up Amazon items now? Oh, yeah, that's right. You can. Yeah, How yeah, handy is that? It's pretty great, and you just drop it all in. But the widgetization of your content... <laughs> Is, is actually pretty amazing because then that means that you just go find that little draggy arrow and move it where you want on a page and your site's done. So please go to squarespace.com uh, slash back to work, one word. And uh, this is the month of eight, Dan. And that means that, uh, so you sign up. So one thing I should, should mention, you go in, you sign up for the Squarespace. You sign up for at least a year, you get a free domain name. Boom. If it's available, type it in, clicky click. Four and a half minutes later, you have a website. We've proven this on the clock. And uh, it populates real fast, or what do they call it? Uh, instigates? What do they call that with the DNS? It, uh, 
It uh, propagates. It roasts, it roasts very quickly. Roasts. And you're <laughs> roasted, Bulkhead. <Mark-o-man. laughs> and uh, your site will be up. And uh, it's so fun to do. It's so easy to do. Um, they got a really cool iOS app for for posting too. Um, but you go in and sign up for a year of this and you get, what is the number? Is it uh, 20% off? You get 20% off if it's one year, 25% off if it's two years. Both of those qualify you for a free domain name. And there is a special um, promo code or offer <sighs> code, as Merlin Mann would say. Man. Man, it's an offer code. For the month of eight, you get 10%. For the, through August, you get 10% on top of anything that you get. Extra 10%. Are you ready for this? The code for this month, so old. One word. So old. Just think of the turtle. Mm, <laughs> I'm oh sorry, it's the tortoise. <laughs> so so <laughs> this is a great thing. And I, I hope you like the screencasts. You know, screencasts take a lot longer than you'd think. You know this. I do know this. I mean, even if they're sucky ones like I make, it's like you got to turn off everything. You got to... You almost need a separate computer to do it, really. Yeah, my MacBook Air is so screwed up right, right now. Let's talk about that. I'm just saying. Capture it. Ubiquity. UBD. It's killing me. Um, and so please, go to squarespace.com slash work. Sign up for this. If you're interested in this, if, here's the thing. If you're already using Squarespace 6 and you want to see why I'm excited about it, <laughs> I don't know why you would be, but I, I hope you are, and we'll check this out. Tell your friends about this because uh, if, if you're not an Uber nerd, uh, you really need to look at this. If you want to have a web presence that you own, uh, this is the place to go. It's a lot of fun to do. And now that I'm back kind of more fully into this, this bit of the project, you'll see more actual real content stuff coming up. Um, boy, those collection links are powerful. That ability to just sh- like visually show a section of the site. Go to that homepage, Dan. And did you see how you scroll down just a little bit and it says my Squarespace 6 blog? Mm-hmm. Those images and those titles for the blog posts are all automatically generated out of thumbnails per blog post. So amazing. Very cool. Yeah. And those images, yeah. you can change them. You can make them whatever you want. That's right. That the Episode uh, it's two... It's not like an automated thing. No, no, no. Episode two, content collection. So I show you how you can drag that in, change the focal point. Enough said. Go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Um, please check this out. Offer code for the month of eight for August is so old, sold, one word. And uh, when you go to the checkout, um, you will have an opportunity to put that in for an extra 10% off. And uh, we thank Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. And for those who were taping uh, the timing, the duration of that spot, hit stop right now. Oh, are people still doing that? Yeah, they still do that. Get a lot of people doing that. Yeah, I probably won't sleep tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, the world, Dan. The world, the world always has an idea. What you the world is a vampire. Hmm. Hmm. Who said that? Is that Proust? <laughs> no. You know, Proust was a neuroscientist. Turns out. Really. Hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. He worked in uh, he worked in Madeline's. Madeline's and tea was his uh, was his background. Uh, I, think was, I think Billy Corgan. No, no. I think you're think, thinking of uh, of Jimmy Corgan, the smartest uh, kid in the world. Is that his is that his name? Yeah. Do you think Chris Ware ever calls himself Hardware? Let's move on. <laughs> Wetware. Mm, boy, that Avengers disassembled. That's pretty good. Did you read that? No, I've never read that. I'm told that if I ever want to get to AVX. I got to slog my way through. Yeah, you do. Not slog through, but I mean, if I understand, I go to the comic shop and like I, my daughter and I are just pie-eyed. I have no idea what anyone is talking about anymore. You know, Jean Grey's coming back for like the ninth time. Yeah. Yeah. The real Jean Grey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, very confusing. Um, Boy, I got a lot to talk about with the X-Men. But uh, could we talk about Scarlet Witch? We we give me more background on her? Yeah, sure. She's trouble. Did you know that she's trouble? Yes. Wanda. 
Good old Wanda. Yeah. Spoiler alert, that Quicksilver guy's trouble too. <laughs> um, hmm. You got a functional component? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, sure. Hmm. Could, would you, would you want to share it? Uh, what does that mean, that term? Functional component? Yeah, in this context. Is this another well, one of those tests? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it? My, uh, <laughs> my, my belief... It's something I, I, I struggle with all the time in trying to think about things and especially in trying to <clears throat> talk with people about something that, you know, is going to be like theoretically useful. Um, I think I, I have this theory that um, we all kind of know what to do. We have an idea about what we, we should do. It's just that that idea might be wrong. Like we all, once you understand like, What's really happening, it's not that hard to figure out what to do next, right? It's like I would call it the Buddhist priority system. You know, your hair is on fire or it's not. If your hair is on fire, you know you need to go deal with that. You're not pulling out a list. There's a certain clarity of vision to having your hair on fire. And I think people get a little bit addicted to that kind of clarity. <coughs> and, and failing it, excuse me, I got an almond. Ugh, nice! And failing at having that kind of clarity, I think we end up thinking and fiddling and fiddling and thinking. And... um <laughs> the, the truth is, though, that like, what if you did a lot less thinking, but in a slightly different way? And that's why I'm really into this idea of trying to reframe your approach to something. You know, I, this, I guess this all sounds really obvious. But if you just sit around and, and, and like read self-help books and, and, and read pr productivity blogs and like, and like, you know, browse Oprah, like, oh, sorry, oh, I don't know if you can browse Oprah. If you read... <laughs> <laughs> you know, O Magazine, they're still doing like that stuff about the secret I mean, you can, about how you can have anything you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just don't have, you just have the right attitude and you'll get it. It's, it's magical thinking with a service mark, which I admire. Uh, I really wanted that parking space and it came to me. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right in the front. Here's that comic. He, he read the secret. Now he wants to have a monkey butler. So he's just trying to imagine the monkey butler. Um, but... As far as the functional component, well, you know, it's, I, I, I always feel this certain uh, twinge that I should be offering a tip and or trick for something or an implementation, implementation detail. But, like, but sometimes, almost always, uh, it's the thinking differently that makes the difference, right? Let's go back to what we were talking about a, a while back. Um, are you solving the right problem? Um, because if you're solving, if you're not, so, I don't want to say solving the wrong problem. If you're not solving the right problem, there is no correct solution, right? And, and so the only way that you get to that is not by the tips and tricks. The way you get to that is by having enough um, clarity, context, perspective, and at times looking at a problem from a certain remove to be able to understand what it is you're really trying to solve. Uh, if you like, what, how deep in the stack you want to go to fix something. Because email's not really that hard to fix. I mean, if, if you're still struggling with, quote-unquote, fixing email after 10 years, I will, I will respectfully suggest that you're probably not solving the right problem, that it's not really an email problem, for example. Uh, and with your job, you know, boy, you know what's really tough to accept is like, what if you're just an unhappy person? What if you're just always going to be an unhappy person? And what if, like, has changing jobs ever made you happy? Has getting more money ever made you happy for more than, say, six months? What are the changes in your life that made you happy, if that's what your goal is? 
Because a lot of people, I think if they answered that really honestly, would go, well, nothing's ever really made me happy. Either because my expectations are too high, um, my, my self-image is out of kilter with the rest of the world, or I'm Merlin Mann and I'm a sociopath. Uh, you know, it's, I had a friend who used to say, I want to make you happy, but I'm not sure that you can be made happy. I want to help you, but I'm not sure that you can be helped. And uh, boy, if there's any step back at a remove that, that could help you, it's to realize what you can be helped with right? You, you might have an organic problem <laughs> that needs to be addressed. Yeah. You might have anhedonia and like, and, and the whole, like the fantasy of sitting there in Microsoft Excel, trying to figure out how much you need to make to become a ceramicist, like that might keep you sad for 10 years until you accept that spending all that time thinking about that is getting in the way of actually producing anything, right? I mean, there's a good friend of mine who will know exactly who he is when I say this that I, I met the other day and, you know, he gets frustrated with his job. <clears throat> I apologize to him that he is the source of so many anecdotes on this show, but where he works is, where he works is so bananas. Yeah. Just the, so many of the stories I, I have on here are redacted versions of his career. But he's a guy who's really struggling because he's really smart. Like me, he has trouble fitting into to teams sometimes and he has a hard time concealing how at odds he feels with a lot of the decisions that are happening over his head. It's hard to be the smart kid when you don't have control. It's, it can be really frustrating, especially when you realize you're not as smart as you thought and you have more control than you realized. That's super frustrating. And so, you know, he's been talking for a long time. Forgive me, friend, for, for mentioning you, but I'm not saying who you are. Um, he's been wanting to do different things. He's been wanting to make more things. And my counseling to him for six months has been, or more, has been like, well, why don't you just go make something? right? If you're a photographer, why don't you just pick up the camera and take a picture of your desk? Like if you're, if you want to write more, like why aren't you writing right now? Like uh, taking a step of action away from that thinking will completely change the way you think about stuff because you're not going to think about it. You're going to do stuff. And once you've done stuff more, you're entitled to think about it more. But thinking about how you're not doing something exclusively, I, I, I defy you to tell me where that's helped. If you're just thinking about why you're unhappy, well, it's, going like, in the, it's going in the wrong direction. Well, it sure is. And, <clears throat> and realizing that you are unhappy or that you are the wheel out of kilter. I'm sorry, almonds. <clears throat> My God, I got to get rid of these things. Nice. Realizing that you have that feeling is important. <laughs> but then, I don't know, Dan, I'm, I'm, I'm prattling a little bit. But I, I you know, it's, it, when I get to the practical component part all the time, I get a little frustrated with myself because... I get to the hair on fire situation or, or what's another example? I mean, if, if, uh, you know, if you had a 12 pack of beer in the freezer and it exploded, like how long would you have to think about that before you decided <laughs> what to do about it? Well, you could think about how you shouldn't be drinking. Uh, you should think about how dumb you were to put it in there. You could think about how you need a new refrigerator. You could think about making a mind map of all the different ways that you could address the problem. But all the time you're doing all of those things, you're not getting the yucky frozen beer out of your freezer. And that, at some point, is probably what you'll arrive at. Now, how many times in your life has something like that happened to you, that analogy? And how long did it take before you realized that all that thinking wouldn't do anything? Well, the practical component is quit thinking about it and looking for tips and tricks. <laughs> the practical component is be as honest <laughs> as you can be today about what the actual problem is. And sometimes that's why you got to put a box on wheels and roll out of there. Yeah. I didn't let you talk much. I like it when you talk. I like it when you come... Do this kind of show that helps. What do you people. What do you What are you reading when you uh, when I'm talking? I'm not reading anything. You're not reading uh, 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 Wasabi Yojimbo? <laughs> no. Hmm. 
I'm just uh, <laughs> making notes usually. Little, I hate, do, little doodles sometimes. I hate coming off like some kind of Zen master. I, hate I love when you do. I love when you do. I like it and don't like it. Did I just blow your mind? <laughs> At the same time, yeah. <laughs> you, need a, you, need, you need a better way to wash your dishes. That's your problem. Yeah, I know it. But, you know, it's... Uh, there's this, these few things that I, I always coming back end up coming back to because they've been so instrumental in in being less completely stupid about life. Um, I, I I I get frustrated with myself again uh, for all the times that I was sort of if you like solving the wrong problem or looking 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 at it the wrong way, and then you end up beating yourself up about it. I'm sad that the photos are in a big pile, but I but I can't really change that. I. Uh, but if I could do anything differently, even on a given day, it would just be to get started with something, right? It's, I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like regarding yourself as a smart person, and if you're smart enough to know how to log into your computer and get an IP address, you're probably like, you think of yourself as being fairly smart. I've never met that many people that honestly think they're stupid. And I've never met that many people that honestly think they're wrong. Nobody thinks they're stupid and nobody thinks they're wrong. And nobody thinks they're seeing incorrectly. I don't think there's anybody who's ever thought I'm seeing this wrong. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe sometimes. But I think by and large, we have such confidence in our own emotions. We have such confidence in our own experience. And we have such confidence that we never want to have this pain of something happen again, that we can get really fixated on something that may not even be reality. See also Buddhism. So like in your case, when you would leave a, when, we're probably running long here. Are we running long? Uh, yeah, hey, sorry. We're running long. Sorry. You know, I should tell you about something I like. Okay. Can I tell you about something I like? Always. Yeah. I want to tell you about this. You heard of this uh, one password? I use this. I oh, use man. this thing. And we've got a, we have a new tip for this. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, did you know that? Did, I didn't tell you about that. You told me about this. Yeah. For once. Yeah, you I, just I figured discovered. something out. You didn't. Because usually I assume anything cool that I find, I go, uh -huh. well, Merlin already knows that. So I won't you're, tell you're him about it. You're talking to the pain, it. Dan. You're talking to the pain. <laughs> so tell them, tell them this new thing you discovered, because I, I, I do use this a lot, and it is uh, spectacularly subtle and awesome. Well, uh, basically, on last week's episode, Merlin was telling all of us about these JavaScript password checkers that would you would type your password in, and without submitting anything to the server, the browser would tell you if this was a good password or not. And the one that you had suggested to me uh, and, and the listeners, I did, didn't work in my Safari for whatever reason, who knows why. So I had Googled to find a couple alternatives because then all of a sudden now, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think that the, the one password that I use is actually not good enough. So I wanted to start checking it. And then I thought a minute, wait a minute, doesn't one password itself tell you password strength? And it does when you're creating a new password within one password which it'll automatically generate the passwords for you i said well there's this little blank there and it shows the strength of the password i'm pretty sure i remembered like typing something in there before so i just went there and i deleted the password that was in there and i found that it was just a text field i could type in and as i'm typing it's telling me if it's a good password or not right there mm -hmm. within one password you can use one password to tell you if a password that you're already using or want to use is is any good or not? You don't need to go to a website. Absolutely, and and there's like there's like three interesting things about this. I think first of all, the fact that this is, exists is great, and it, and like like you said last time, a lot of people are understandably, um, you know, a lot of people who get super into this stuff start doing something called diceware, where you can actually get five dice and have it generate 
um, a completely random series of English language words that you would use um, to create, you know, I mean, the thing is, the idea behind Diceware is you shouldn't even trust yourself to come up with a password. You should come up with something memorable as a passphrase. But you know what I mean? There should be nothing in there that would be anywhere based on your life or what have you. So first of all, this is great because you can say, make a pronounceable password, you know, make it all letters. Do I want to do a mix of these different kinds of things? But as you say, also, you could try typing in your old password and seeing how it goes. The other thing that you can do that I think is kind of neat is you could put in what you think is going to be a pretty good, really memorable password, and then you can tweak it. Am I, am I getting this right? Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah. You can try different things yeah. and it'll tell you how secure it is. Right. So if you just start you, if you just start typing in some random characters, you'd be surprised. Like what you think is a good password or a great password is probably, you know, it'll show you a little in the strength meter. It goes from red to yellow to, yeah. to green. And as you're doing it, it'll say like, you know, excellent, or it'll say outstanding, good, excellent, weak, terrible. You'd be surprised the passwords that in your mind are like super awesome are actually like terrible or, or weak. And um, it tells you this. Let me try this here. Try it well, out. The, the, the next thing about it that, that I think is neat though is so I'm going to, I go, I click, I click, I go new item. <laughs> <clears throat> I go to here, I go to new password. Now, here's the last part of this. And this is where, okay, so first of all, let's just say uh, keychain app. Yes. This is in the Keychain app. A lot of websites out there, password generator, password checker sites. Yes, it has it, it has it, it has it. But let's talk about why this is great here because this is inside one password. Once you've generated the password that you like, you give it a title and then you say what application or service it's for and it will remember it in association with that. You can do this on your iPhone. You can go on your iPhone. It'll generate a password for you. And if you say that is for, for foobarbaz.net, it'll remember that as the login for that site. So you're not putting it in multiple places. And again, remember that that syncs. You can sync that through Dropbox. It goes right back to your uh, desktop. So I don't know if this is... Make, yes, it's cool that, that you can do this. It's cool that you can come up with a password that you can live with. You can then... Second, you can iterate the password to be something that you can really live with. And then third, uh, you can save it and it puts it right into 1Password. This is all super obvious to people who are using 1Password. It's not super obvious for people who are using the same three passwords for everything. And, you know, once you come up with a... I mean, I'm, I'm not about to say this is going to be 100% secure. I can't say. But um, it, it is, it's certainly, as I like to say, a good way to lash the screen door. Um, and something that we put into... I think they would put it stronger than that, but, you know... Who knows? It's a crazy world. But, but the, um, in the show notes, you'll also see, again, I, I really want you guys to look at this because I think it's so great. Something that Jeff from uh, Agile Bits wrote called, uh, it's called Toward Better Master Passwords. And I think this is really, this is a must-read article uh, from June. And it's going to explode a lot of your own mythology about what makes a good password because you'll understand that just having... Just doing that uh, lead speak thing of switching out numbers and letters and, and dropping in um, a tilde like might not be enough. That there there are but there are things you could do to actually create a better better and slightly more entropic uh, password. Um, and so I really encourage you to look at that on the Agile Bits blog. So anyhow, uh, we love these guys a lot. It's a it's a product that that I would like to really encourage people to have a look at and use. And uh, the password one password you go to agilebits.com or more specifically agilebits.com slash one password. And, uh, and check it out. It's, uh, they got it for the iOS. They got it for the, uh, for the, uh, the Mac. What do they call it? No, OS ten. Is that on the Macintosh? Yeah, that's the new one. Hmm. Is that the new one? How's that going? Do they have any uh, traction with that? Um, I mean, I don't know anyone that's put it on their, their PCs yet, but... The home PCs? Yeah. yeah. The home ones. I, I know a guy at work. Is that right? 
Yeah. It's like Steve Jobs said, nobody's going to watch video on a TV. Uh, they got it for the uh, the iPhone, the iPod Touch. They got it for the iPad, and they got it for the uh, for the Android too. Ooh, you can scan the QR code. That was that is for Android. Look at that. So check it out. Go to agilebits.com uh, and show notes for this. You can see that link to uh, Jeff's article on towards better passwords. And we're uh, is, are we leaving anything out? Is that it? No, that's it, man. So our thanks to Agile Bits for supporting Five by Five and back to work. Hmm. No, I yawned. I yawned before the after dark. That's I know, unusual. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, I might need to lay down. Okay. Well, you should, uh, Dan, I know you haven't had a chance to look at those videos yet, but I, I look bad. I look bad. You, I was going to do good. it. You look great. I was, yeah, was going to do it on my MacBook Air, but uh, man, my processors are pagan, dude. They're bad. Pagan. Pegasus. You want to button this up? Let's button it up. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Marilyn. Nice.